Welcome to the Heroes of Reality Podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Welcome, adventurers. Dylan here. And on today's podcast, I have Hannes Ben. He is the founder of Breathing.ai to integrate healthier habits into the everyday screen interactions. He suffered from years of anxiety after trauma and used breathwork, meditations, and yoga to live a healthier and happier life. So without any delay, I'd like to welcome Hannes Ben. Hi. Hey. Thanks for having me. <laughs> hey, here we go. We got it. Yay. Yeah, we're running. Yes. I'm so excited to have you here today, brother. We had a little technical difficulty earlier, but we are up and running now. Um, so so good to see your face. And mm -hmm. uh, we were chatting about how and where we met, which we were chatting if was it the MIT Hackathon or the USC. And I think it, I'm pretty sure it was the Creating Rally USC Hackathon. We were mm -hmm. talking to me about what did you make at that hackathon? Could you share a little mm -hmm. bit about that? And we had like an amazing team and then we created the augmented reality uh, experience where you see your own breathing patterns, but in the form of a panda. So you had like a, we had like a breathing detection. I think we used the controller of the device mm -hmm. actually to like put it on your belly. And then there was a giant panda. Mm -hmm. I think there was a, even, we had like a grass field what, and then what, the grass. What, what device were you using? Uh, I think we might have used the Prism device. Prism. Okay. But maybe maybe it was another device. I remember that I, I got introduced to the Prism founders back then. I'm not sure if it's still out there, but it was actually a very affordable mm -hmm. solution. And um, that was awesome. Oh, yeah, I remember. It was like two pandas, and you were supposed to breathe in sync with it. Oh, yeah, it was a two-player. Oh, my God, it was a two-player thing. Yeah. You, you both have like the, the augmented reality device, and both see each other's breathing pattern, and you like you see each other as panda also. So, but you can see each other in real life, like in real life through the yeah. glasses. Then you see your each other's breathing pattern as a panda. And then there was then we created um, a visualization, like I think it was a, a bamboo or like grass that would grow if you breathe in sync with each other. So if you think of your breathing patterns as pandas as well, and in, and of course like in reality, uh -huh. then like the whole environment would grow more. Uh -huh. But then oh my god, I remember we didn't get it finished, so the judges were putting it on. And then I think the, the panda was upside down. So all of a sudden, and it was like at the wrong position. So all of a sudden, I think the judge says like, oh, I think I'm at the behind, at the, at the butt of the panda. So it's like, <laughs> it was like, oh no. So it was like a little bit of a weird experience. Um, but then, but then later on, we realized it. We, we realized it. Um, yeah. We used those visualizations for a project with uh, Wim Hof. I think it, we, that's how we got connected to Wim Hof, the Iceman. I've been working with for many years on and off and um, we we filmed Vim in 360 and then you would see Vim floating in your living room or somewhere and then you would see the panda and then Vim would guide you through a breathing exercise uh -huh. um, as wild as he is you know and then you would see the panda and the panda's belly would expand with your breathing and so that was like then we, we made that hackathon was inspiration for that in a way. That's awesome so you took what you learned at the USC hackathon because that's what the place where we we're kind of judging it and figuring out and, and those things and and came across it because i remember the panda um i don't remember it being upside down uh oh. but but i but the what i think is great about that is you leverage that and then you took it to work with wim hof in in the space of, of this breathing panda how did you come across the idea of a panda what was that <laughs> like i think our team did some brainstorming which animals we should use yeah and they it has usually like a very distinct belly 
So it was kind of a, a good, it was like, and then, yeah, so I think that's how we decided. It's like cute and yeah. it's not like overused, but it's kind of somewhat used, I guess, but um, it has, usually has like a, a, a cute connotation. So It's a fun <laughs> choice. And then also then you, and then you did another um, thing where you put this together with Wim Hof. With Wim Hof, how did you get him in there? Was that, what did you, did you do like a hologram of him and screen record it? Or did you like create like a, like a digital a, uh, version of Wim or what did that look mm-hmm. like? Um, we filmed an in 360 in Poland, um, really good. Uh, that was years ago. Um, um, and then I think I cut him out. <laughs> Actually, I spent a lot of time and like stitching all the footage together and oh. then cutting him out. Oh my God. Yeah. I remember that I have some, I have some screenshots of that, like, you know, putting like little points on them and then, so yeah, I wish we would have done that in the, in the <laughs> green room. <laughs> it was like definitely more work, um, to do it that way. But, Dude, the- uh, the old school things of having to stitch together all the different cameras in an array and mm-hmm. then put that together. But then, yeah, I could imagine stitching the whole thing together and then just cutting them out. You're like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, like, the, I remember I did it at, at my friend who runs one of the New York's largest VR companies here. Mm-hmm. And they, they gave me that space to work on it because um, we, I mean, we haven't commercialized it. And back then, not, not yet, that project. And, but he gave me the, like one of their computers, which probably is still one of the fastest computers or was back then, mm. and it still crashed. <laughs> it still crashed multiple times because the footage was so good or Vim was so intense. I was kidding. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was testing the limits of, of tech. SVR, right? And all this 360 footage does oftentimes. Like, it's like the rendering times and everything. So It's often a game like with <laughs> virtual reality and stuff. It's often a game of like shoving 10 pounds of crap in a five-pound bag. And mm. so, like, when you're doing that with, like, trying to stitch together those systems, you're, I mean, you're, you're moving at the edge. And so um, I, I feel like virtuality is always at a perpetual thing of almost awesome, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. almost ready, almost almost amazing. So um, I'm so grateful that I don't have to do any more of those stitching of those mm-hmm. cameras, of, like the, the GoCo, GoPro cam uh, stitching thing. So they now, like, pretty much everybody uses the, the auto stitchers, right? Those, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I used, I mean, I used it too, but still you have to manually sometimes, especially when it's not shot in the green room and you have that one person there and then the colors are somewhat similar. You still need to, I needed to correct a lot. And then, um, and that was like also not just a GoPro. We had GoPro footage when we filmed them to go up a cold mountain. Mm-hmm. And that was actually worked really well because it was a bitter a cold mountain. I think if people look at Wim Hof Poland VR on YouTube, should be a footage there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, we used like even better uh, camera equipment for that one mm. for the one we shot them in the room and um, so that took much longer to stitch it together and to um, and to then render it and stuff yeah that's I, I was one of those situations where you're probably in the cold with him going mm-hmm. this is like you're like this has got to be worth it I gotta I gotta get <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> as you're as you're yeah. freezing he's just breathing just taking it all in like, oh yeah like oh I, my god so I've used the Wim Hof uh, method for a while. I did some breathing routines. I did a lot of cold showers. Although in California, nothing really gets cold enough to, mm. to go all all the way in. What what's what's been your experiences with the Wim Hof uh, method and the breathing method and all? Like where where have you gone with all that? Uh, well, I'm infinitely grateful for it uh, for Wim and all the practitioners of uh, you know Tibetan Salung and Jitumo meditation. Prior to that, all the thousands of years that those practices have been around. Um, I, I had a lot of anxiety and depression before that I did intense yoga, then I did like Vipassana for many years, but I feel like when I discovered, um, Wim Hof method and then Jitumo and Salung, uh, it was really, 
like a fast track in a way to, to health and happiness. And so I did that very intensely and I just realized like, oh, this like two hour of sitting of Vipassana meditation I did, which was very, um, you know, where like I still had a lot of anxiety while I did that, but I feel like with Vims, it was just really fast tracking into like a continuous level of like a steady level of health and happiness. So I, yeah, so that was really like, I can highly recommend any kind of like intense breath work from half meditation, also the combination of the cold and breathing. And we always have the breath available in every second. I feel like, you know, if we're talking now, if, if I will get stressed, I can always like take a deep inhale and to ground myself, center myself. And I feel like if you do, you know, Vipassana meditation, you observe your breathing or other things. Anyway, I could talk about it forever, but yeah, yeah Vim, Vim's technique was really, really helpful. And I think also Vim, you know, did a lot of, took a lot of influence, of course, from other practices that have mm-hmm. been around for a long time. Sometimes I met, I meet Tibetan masters and, and then I asked them at conferences or so. I remember, yeah, I met, I met, um, yeah, I met somebody, for instance, like a few years ago in California, and I said, oh, do you know Wim Hof? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. He came to my hotel in Amsterdam when I did a conference years ago when nobody knew Wim, you know? But yeah. Wim was connecting with those Tibetan masters and, and learning from them. So that was really inspiring also to hear, like, you know, how, how also then technology connected us, all of us, you know, even though, you know, meeting in a hotel room, maybe before there was the internet or something, I don't know when it was, but... You know, like people were traveling, connecting, learning about each other online, and then all those cultural practices are getting shared. That's a wonderful thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> so let's look at this. So, Wim Hof, he's got the Wim Hof method, which is uh, primarily like thirty to fifty breaths in and out, and then hold oh, your yeah. breath for the longest time, then release, and then do it again. You kind of cycle through that, and he's famous mm-hmm. for this type of breath work. And then he combines it with the cold therapy which is climbing mountains or ice baths or any of those types of things. And that seems to have like a one-two effect on your like, uh, you know, um, vagus nerve, your parasympathetic nervous system, all that jazz. Um, And then there's other types of breath work exercises. Can you as a high level just kind of touch on kind of like Mm -hmm. breath work in general and and so that we can kind of see that 50,000 square foot view of Mm -hmm. breath work and how it relates to Wim Hof's exercises? Yeah. So I also, how I got into this, I, I, studied meditation in neuroscience at the University of Oregon with Dr. Michael Posner and others for a few years, used fMRI and EEG. So we compiled all kinds of research on different meditation techniques and, and breathing, using also breathing. Um, and then I actually learned about Wim's method through a scientific paper also. Mm. So they, they used it, as you said, like the deep inhales, letting go exhales, there's a phase of breath holding. And they showed just with that, people got trained in the cold for four days but they showed that people doing this um, 30 breaths with breath holding um, were able to resist the injection of E. coli bacteria. So that's kind of crazy. They were literally got injected with E. coli bacteria in a clinical study setting. So I don't know how they got that approved <laughs> from the IRB because I was like, how do you get this approved? The IRB is usually this control system in science, um, in, in scientific research saying like, oh, no, this is too harsh. But I don't know, somehow they got this approved. And that's they got that pub- published in one of the best uh, journals, scientific journals. So I learned about it. I was like, wow, this is a very credible journal, PNAS. And they did this. So I got into like studying more breath work and breathing techniques and then and then his is just very simplified in a way, you know, like you take deep inhale, letting go exhale. When you do like Tibetan Salung and Jitumo, which also they have like a cold um, immersion technique. If you think of like the um, Tibetan practitioners up in the, you know, mountains there, in the cold climate, they oftentimes sit there, you know, with very few clothes on. And then they learn how to dry, you know, a wet towel on their, on their bare torso or something just with, you know, 
awareness of your body. And there are certain components that are not so easy to translate, especially with Jitumo um, and Salong. You have to rotate your arms a certain way, hold your breath a certain way. It's like, it's, it's a little bit more elaborate. More Vimps is like, you know, deep inhale, letting go, exhale, hold your breathing. Uh, well, there's a little bit more to it, but so I think like he simplified it, but there's different components. The, the benefits in a way are there very similar, like um, health wise and also like in terms of endurance wise. But um, well, let's, yeah. let's, look at, let's look at this real quick. Okay. So we have Wim Hof's method. Uh, and this is me just trying to repeat it back is, is essentially the, the entry point for breathing meditations. It's the simplest, easiest to get started allows you kind of, kind of get kind of your feet wet and the whole, uh, the breath work space. Um, and they did a study where they were able to resist, uh, bacteria that they had shot in mm -hmm. with the bacteria. E. coli bacteria. So they, they wanted to, Vim, Vim came to. I just also want to like say a little bit about the thing that like Vim's is the entry level. I am I disagree a little bit, uh -huh. but they Vim was Vim was just very unknown, you know. And he was like, oh, he was kind of known for some stunts in in Dutch television because he's Dutch. And then he came to this research lab and said, I can control my immune system. So they're like, yeah, right. Um, you know, we inject people with E. coli bacteria for tests. Nobody can ever, you know, everybody gets like flu-like symptoms fever, all those things. Um, so they said, well, and then he looked at his records. Oh, he, he can swim under ice. He holds, you know, over 20 world records and cold immersion and stuff, you know, submerging yourself, yourself in ice cubes. And he said, like, everybody can do what I can do. So they, they injected him first and they saw that he didn't have any reaction. It was almost like injected with sugar water. And then they said, well, how long will it take you to train other people? And they said, like, four months, a few years. And then he said, four days. So, so he trained people in four days. In, in Poland, I, I actually went to Radbound University who did the study and they spoke with the researchers. They went to Poland too in this training facility and they said, and I always think I saw it prior to meeting Wim there, you know, I mean, when before, but in Poland, I was like, oh, it's an elaborate study setting and training system. But then Wim was sitting down with us and he said, oh, you know, people always think like we did this whole day training, getting up in the morning, getting, you know, going to bed very late. Just And he said like, oh, you know, we did some cold exposure, some breath work, and then at 3 p.m. we um, you know, uh, sat together and, and, you know, sang with the guitar or something. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, oh my God, it wasn't so complicated. But I, I do believe therefore it is an, it is like a simple technique. Mm -hmm. It is a simply to follow technique, but then there's also so many versions people guided these days that I don't think that I think a little bit off and wrong and not really helpful. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think it, it is a very intense technique. So if anybody does it, they oftentimes they get tingling, lightheadedness. I mean, I've guided thousands of people in this and other techniques. And oftentimes people who do a similar version of this, they say one even was like a long years, a Zen practitioner. And he said he, he got after like, I don't know, half an hour, or an hour of this breath work. He, he felt as relaxed and as, I don't know, elevated or something, or as um, calm as he, he usually felt after like a week or 10 days of a Zen meditation retreat. So I think it is, it is kind of like a shortcut, but it's also very intense because people have kind of very intense tingling sensation, numbness or something. Um, it's all good. It's part of it, but it's, yeah. it's, it's definitely not a practice where you'd be like, Oh, this is like easy <laughs> or something. So, yeah. So it's simple and also powerful. And so yes, very intense, very okay, intense. So you feel through. Yeah, I, I found it to be incredible. It's one of the best things I've seen in terms of like regulating your, your emotional systems and being oh, able yeah. to like shift your states. Uh, it is. And and um, and I am curious, though, like, so what like what do you think are ones 
what are other types of breath meditations or things that are more entry and more straightforward? If people are interested in getting into the space, what mm -hmm. would you have people look into? I think, uh, I mean, Vipassana or others, they like to oftentimes observe breathing and just like the entry is also like just being aware that we're breathing and how our breathing is. I think that's like the first thing, just simply sitting down and just, if we have the eyes open, our eyes open, we can't help but just to, you know, spend 70% or something of our energy on our visual cortex. So just sitting down, closing the eyes and then just like sensing, you know, maybe with your hand here and maybe with your other hand on your belly, how, how are you actually breathing? Just very simple in a way. And then also sensing if you're breathing through your belly. Because I think a lot of people who even do the Wim Hof method, they mostly breathe through here, very shallow. So humans breathe about on average 22 to 23,000 times a day. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, between like 15 to 20 breaths per minute. It's, it's a little bit, I would say, or way too shallow. Because oftentimes it's only utilizing the upper part of our lung wings versus if we expand our belly, we can breathe much slower. And thereby um, also, and if we take a letting go axial, we actually get twice as much air in. So something as simple of like being aware for breathing, trying to expand our belly and our whole torso like a balloon on the inhale and taking a letting go axial. All those are very, very simple things. And then also um, when we, when our mind is racing, when going to bed, for instance, last night, it was like, I can't fall asleep or something. You know, it's like I felt so awake, but then I was, oh, I just, you know, slow my breathing pattern down. So I was just like lying on, even on my belly, just to sense my breathing more. Also, when we lie on our belly, we can expand our lung wings more. And I was just like slowing down my breathing. And the next thing I was probably asleep, you know, I can't remember. I can't, I don't recall being awake for long in my bed. I was just like slowing down my breathing. And therefore I didn't bring thoughts up. I was just like, you know, just slowing, taking the slowest possible inhale I can take. Mm -hmm. And then usually the mind uh, and thoughts are stop racing and stuff. So it's, it's interesting because you're talking about the come up different benefits. One is being able to go to sleep. The other one's being able to shift your energy. Another one seems to be control your immunity. If you mm -hmm. can yeah. access your autonomic nervous system. Um, I mean, what are some of the, what are some of these benefits that are like being able to master um, breath control work and med and breathing meditations? What are the benefits of actually going through and doing this type of stuff? I, I really think like just not getting as stressed in the daily life. And then I don't think I would have been able to do 20% of what I've been done, been doing the last, last was like six years, almost or five years since I started it, mm -hmm. six years or seven years. Uh, well, Vipassana seven and then Vim's five or six, six. So I don't think I've been done like 25% because I, I, I barely take, I should take more breaks. <laughs> I work so much. Um, I mean, I love what I do, but it's also... I, you know, I, I'm constantly aware of my breathing. I don't get sick. Um, uh, I haven't been sick since I started the Wim Hof method. So that's been very, very incredible because I used to get like flu. I used to get, you know, you know, I get headaches sometimes. That's it. You know, maybe it's like sometimes too much stress, but um, too much work, but task. But um, your, I, I what yeah, is, that's the, what is your regimen? Well, this was, I just want to real yeah. quick. Just what does your regimen look like for the Wim Hof method? Like what is your... I mean, the, the, I, I guide people. I have a meetup group uh, with a few hundred people in New York. And um, so I guide them regularly or online or private clients. So I feel like I'm guiding a version of the technique. Or I, you know, I, I modified or I integrated a lot of other things in it and, and did like do like a mixture. So I've been doing that. But me, myself, I, I just be aware of my breathing the whole day when I'm conscious. So I figure it's almost like, 
you know, if, if I, I notice when my breathing is more shallow and then I bring more awareness to my breathing and then I like, I sigh. So the main thing is for me just like sighing because like a simple sigh creates twice mm -hmm. as much air flowing in. And because it, it kind of like pops up open the all, we have like about 500 million alveoli in our lung wings. And when we breathe very shallow or just in general, they get clunked together. So just something as simple as like a, a letting go axial can open them up. And I think I learned a lot through doing the Wim Hof method and other techniques. So for me, it was kind of then becoming aware of my breathing all the time and just learning, sensing when I need more energy, when I want to relax myself and having the breathing awareness and the deep breathing available at any time of the day mm -hmm. or, you know, sighing or, you know, adding a smile. Sometimes when we don't feel like it, just taking a deep inhale with a smile can then signal our body, you know, I have to create so-called, you know, happy hormones or something, you know, so it simplifies things. Because I think, you know, if we're like, if we're breathing shallow, oftentimes that happens, especially on the screen, we're breathing shallow, we're sitting on a screen and, you know, we're not taking deep breaths and then it kind of like accumulates over over the day. We're, we're tensing up our body and we're consuming a lot of energy on like the tense muscles and stuff instead of, you know, just like <sighs> sitting more like this, relaxed and breathing deeply. And I think all that work of, you know, many years and um, the Hof technique and so brought me that awareness. So now... Got now it. it's like like Vim said, like second nature or so. Got and it. So, so, you, so you're, you're playing a game of constant awareness of your breath. So you're mm -hmm. playing a constant awareness around your breath and then adjusting and pivoting when you need to by taking mm -hmm. like in uh, size or smile size, which reminded me of like, I don't know, like you're going to go over the edge of a roller coaster like that, like, <gasps> <sighs> and then you're like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And you go around that corner. Uh, but that's, okay, so that's the game that you're currently playing. And that's because of that, you feel like you've had, like, go back to the benefits, you're, you mm -hmm. just you control your emotional states. You're able to kind of be aware of it constantly, and you can shift to where you want to go. Um, are there other benefits besides besides those things that are uh, top of mind for you on what the yeah. why people should want to master the breathing? Yeah, I mean it's, it's so I don't know. It's so definitely better sleep, like such deep sleep. I can you know taking naps anytime I want to. Um, digestion. I had like. Uh, that's probably very, not so much talked about, you know, but I feel like I like I, I get very good in this area. Just like because if you breathe through the belly, I think like the one yeah. thing is people don't forget like the diaphragm pushes down, you know, if we only breathe through our chest, like the whole belly, all the organs in there and the digestive tracts, and so they get they they get static. So if you breathe through your belly, you push the diaphragm down, and it's a constant inner massage for our organs. And I think that's. Aside from digestion, I think there's so many other benefits of like getting those organs up and moving because it's designed by this. So if you think of a if you think of a baby as babies, we all breathe only through our belly because mm -hmm. the the muscles on our uh, on our rib cage are not developed to expand our rib cage. So we start with belly breathing, and then I think evolutionary would have made sense that through that belly breathing we add chest breathing. You know, and in certain cultures where there's not so much emphasis on like a six pack on tensing up, like in this culture in Western culture oftentimes and some other cultures too, you know, you just be like, oh, no, you keep the belly breathing and then you add the chest breathing. But I feel like in our culture, oftentimes we imitate our parents mm -hmm. at a young age. So at the age of two or three, when we when we can breathe through our chest as well, we might have just looked at it. I'm, I know I'm drifting off topic, but I find that always, I wanted to mention this. We, we copied our adults and then we we don't get all the benefits, you know, and we, we copy and we only do chest breathing. So it's digestion, better sleep, immune system, um, calming yourself, relaxing, of course. I think also like 
you know, stage fries, you know, if you want to do public speaking, because then you take a few deep breaths and you bring your awareness to breathing and it's, it's away from the thought of like, oh my God, you know, I, I have to speak or public yeah, let's, speak. Let's, let's, let's touch on this real quick. So one, <clears throat> you're, 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 the, the, the main principle takeaway is that, that uh, better breathing leads to better pooping. Is that what I'm hearing right now? <laughs> that, that one too. Yes, yes. Is yes, that sure. is that is that what we're looking for when we're talking about staying regular? Yeah, and, here? and, and also also like yeah. and not on that. There's also like if you look at like um, that's a whole body. It's a, it's a whole body thing. So if people yeah. are eat, like if you you can eat more, I feel and digest faster, and you you I think you you don't it it leads to less like uh, overweight. I think if people are breathing better. They digest better. They digest faster. I think you can probably eat. I don't eat that much sugar, you know, but I do think I could probably eat more sugar, and it's probably gonna just go through my system. I've heard. I've heard that the breath <laughs> is one of the ways. The lungs is one of the ways to regulate your metabolism. Exactly. Uh, yes. And so I'm not exactly sure on how that works. Um, but so if you can control your breathing, if you become aware of it, you can speed up or slow down your metabolism. Because because what is the? Do you know the mechanism behind that? Why you can like why you can control that? Is that are you speeding up your heart rate or like? What's the, do you know what the mm -hmm. details are with that? I think a lot of like, I, I do think the, the diaphragm is also undervalued. It's the most important muscle I think we have in our body and we be uh -huh. can become aware of it. And then I don't know the exact mechanisms, for instance, with Wim Hof's technique that's shown it can change to blood pH levels. Uh -huh. So from acidic to alkaline and stuff uh, and vice versa, just during, the, during a few minutes of breath work, which is crazy. Um, and then uh ph levels you know and then they changed uh blood oxygen saturation so i've done it actually with a friend who had like we did a lot of breath work and meditation prior to her getting a, a brain tumor surgery mm. um and then she woke up and she i was there you know in the hospital first person and then we did like breathing techniques because she enjoyed it so much and she had like this blood ox oximeter you know and uh, to measure her uh it was here in New York. And then we did the breathing techniques and she changed it. She dropped it below 80% or 70%. And as a lot of us know these days with, with the virus, mm -hmm. if you have lot oxygen saturation below 95, 93%, it's actually kind of critical. Mm -hmm. So you're not supposed to have below, you know, at least specific, specifically not below 90%, you're supposed to get hospitalized. But with Wim Hof's breathing technique, you can actually bring the, bring the blood oxygen saturation down so it just shows there's a lot and you're conscious about it and you feel great you know so there's a lot of benefits i don't know how it exactly works regarding the metabolism but you know it changes the red blood um the white blood cells the red blood cells in some capacity and so it's uh yeah it's like really i think it does things to the body you cannot do with pills yeah. and pills then also have side effects and you need to take other pills to compensate for other things you're doing so it's a very holistic thing and it can change us really our mental state or our physical state and in so many different ways. Okay. So this is, this is super interesting in terms of um, not only can you control the blood oxygen level, but you're also your metabolisms, your, 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 your health, your moods, your anxiety. It seems to be the, the gateway to like your vagus nerve, your gateway mm -hmm. to your, 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 your inner self. So um, what, what advice would you give to people that are just starting out to do this whole breathing um, um, uh, mastery? Like, what are the mm -hmm. what are the levels up? Could you paint me the path of someone that is starting out their journey to become a breathing master? Where mm -hmm. they would start at and where they would go? Mm -hmm. I think it's always uh, equanimity. I love that from Vipassana too. Just like having to focus on you know trying to bring yourself to health and happiness, but also not um, you know not trying to like be too addicted to the highs. So you, if you start the journey, you, you might, you know, 
I think it's good to become aware of your breathing. Start belly breathing, definitely 100%. Um, the Wim Hof method, you know, people can look up like how I would guide it. I have a few meditations online on Inside Time and others. Or, you know, maybe some another voice or guidance resonates with them. But definitely belly breathing, learning how to like, let go, like a sigh, learning how to hold your breathing for longer periods with the Wim Hof method. But also not, um, not getting too caught up on like wanting to get this highs because those highs, there's a lows too. There's like there's a lot of lows like in the beginning when I especially did the cold exposure and I did it very intensely. I felt like sometimes I was yeah. more weak, but I just trusted the process and trusting the process is important that you know like sometimes you have like days where, with the cold exposure yet you don't feel like your best, but you got to trust the people who came before you that you know after a while you get to a much healthier state of of mind and and body. And then also like some people feel like, oh, I'm not getting those highs anymore I used to get early on. You know, when I do it right now, I might get, feel like a little bit lightheaded, but it's more like my baseline of, of, health, of, um, of happiness like increased so much. So I'd rather have this baseline of living a happier and healthier life than, you know, being here and trying to like get those breathing techniques to get me up to like a high. And um, yeah, so like simple belly breathing, um, awareness of your breathing and doing it as much as possible and to not um, cause the more you do it, the more you come aware of it. If you practice breathing in the cold shower also, it's another thing cause the cold is a very cold shower or cold environment. Um, you know, if you have a walk-in freezer, <laughs> I was like, that's what we did too. Sometimes I did, I did some summer camps. Oh yeah. I think I did a summer camp with kids actually. And then they allowed us to like do a walk-in freezer and stuff. We were like, you know, staying in there, staying relaxed. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, if you can take ice baths or something, but um, Those, learning learning yourself how to self-regulate in the cold is very, very powerful. That challenging of, of doing uh, breathing routines while in the cold is brutal. Is is I because I, I've done uh, I've done a couple of ice baths, not super often, but it's been a rare. But like you, definitely, uh, it brings you into the present moment because all you mm -hmm. want to do is leave the ice bath that you're in <laughs> you're like, you're like oh, this is, oh no fight it you're just sitting there just trying, breathe breathe uh but it's very powerful I've, i have noticed that like it definitely it definitely creates that combination of like putting you in an uncomfortable position and trying mm -hmm. to get comfortable and then and the only only saving grace you have is that breath routine that you're like mm -hmm. holding on to for dear life because you mm -hmm. want to like i i wanted to i want to just get out of there i was like mm -hmm. no thank you so um, but that seems like super advanced, like going like up the path of be able to mm -hmm. do the, the breath work. So just becoming aware, being able to take the deep breaths in and ex exhale it out, uh, do belly breaths, which I've been like trying to focus on as you're telling me, just going, mm -hmm. <sighs> mm -hmm. try and do that. And then as you go up, then try to integrate the cold, you possibly, uh, go to your local, uh, grocery store and stand in the freezer section or, uh, mm -hmm. or wherever else you can find it all the way up to a, a cold bath. Mm -hmm. um how does the go ahead the, the one thing is with belly breathing it's like um not to like push it outward but to like trying to sense the diaphragm inside the diaphragmatic breathing muscle and to like expand the belly from there so like you don't really move the lower back you just move like the belly comes out from the you know just naturally because you push the diaphragm down and so you expand your belly first you know so if i do it like this So like this. So I have like no shame of walking around with a big belly in public because I know like it brings me so much joy. But 
I know in this culture there's like, a, and I honestly like I think there's such a focus on six pack because you show that you you have a very high stress level and like the main. I would argue that the the status of the society is oftentimes you know be, if you're very stressed you you show that you know you're hustling hard and you you're trying to achieve something and if you if you come up as relaxed and you know a relaxed belly you can either like show like obesity which is not favorable in society or that you're very relaxed and breathing just very relaxed and both you know both of those things are not very well regarded as I would suggest in the society so I think that's why there's such a focus on the six pack. But I feel like I actually have a friend who also did the Wim Hof breath with me along for a while. He moved, um, but he was saying, you know, like the, he felt the most tense when he was doing like um, competitive weightlifting, mm-hmm. and he was wearing all this very very um, tight clothes, and he had to like show that you know he has like six pack and all this muscle, and you know, and the six pack, and he felt he, he he said he never felt as tense in his body in his life because he always had to like really hold hold this in, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, I know like a lot of people who do bodybuilding and whatnot, you know, it's like, why should I do like, a, you know, train my diaphragmatic breathing muscle inside and I have a big belly, but that's my suggestion. And like, and, and um, you can still do belly breathing and have a six pack, you know, it's just more like, you just like, allow your diaphragmatic breathing muscle inside to become more trained. I, I haven't seen footage of it, but I feel like the, the diaphragmatic breathing muscle is like very, very thin for most people. And if you train it, you have a very strong one. Um, I never thought about there actually being uh, shame around breath work. Like breath, breath work shame because you do like you stick out your breath, belly. I'm like, trying to stick out. I feel like the, uh, the I can't think of the name that the the chick from Frozen with a uh, Let It Go, you know the song. Let oh, it's like, uh-huh. like uh, I'm just like so I'm just like Let It Go. I'm just gonna like oh, stick, yeah. stick out my belly as I'm doing it at the same time. But you're right. There is like there is like a need of like one to look fit and healthy, and uh-huh. people having people judging you for for you know sticking out your belly and looking like mm-hmm. you you're a guy who's pregnant or something, but, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it's like, but you can see, but the benefits are massive to, to figure mm-hmm. out the stuff. How, so how does, let me ask you a question. So how does, uh, breathing.ai, uh, work, uh, in with this whole breath work? Like, can you talk to me a little mm-hmm. bit about your work with, uh, with breathing.ai and your, obviously your passion with breath work and how it mm-hmm. all, how you're merging technology and breath work together? Yeah, nice. Thank you so much for asking that. Yeah, with Breathing AI, we are creating adaptive screen experiences centered around the user's well-being. So we're detecting the user's heart rate and breathing patterns using the webcam and machine learning. And then we can adapt, our program can adapt the colors and the brightness to each user's state of well-being to show, you know, like maybe a different type of brightness, a different type of color can help you breathe a little bit deeper or be more relaxed. And then also we give breaks. So breathing also offers like simple breaks. And it, it's not only breath work, it's a lot of meditation practices, movement exercises. Because when we are on our screen, we sometimes forget you know, to breathe, like this thing called email apnea where we hold our breathing. Mm-hmm. So just a simple thing of, you know, hey, why don't you take you know, a few deep inhales you know, for 20 seconds to two minutes, or you know, we forget to blink our eyes, you know, just like simple eye blink exercise, or just a simple, you know, shoulder relaxation can help us a lot so we have a browser extension that helps uh, you to get like simple breaks and then also adaptive color filters and you can always opt to do it manually mm-hmm. or automatically using the vital sign detection with the webcam so it, everything is very you know tailored to the user as comfortable as possible and as personalized as possible and obviously there's a lot of breath work in there if people want to but it's mostly like the introduction to it you know just like simple 
20 sec seconds of, you know, deep breathing or, you know, a simple body scan meditation. And then if people like, they can find out more, oh, what was I doing there? You know, I, I only became aware of my breathing, of breathing techniques maybe in my 30s. So, you know, I, I would, you know, like to other people to become aware of that earlier or at some point in their life and to see like, oh, maybe that helps me or maybe like a movement exercise would help me, you know, or like a simple meditation and then people can explore further. So we have a library with over 100 techniques right now um, or simple practices, exercises, very, very simple, and then color filters. And yeah, I'm very passionate about it. And my team's awesome. I love my, I love my team. Um, so grateful to be working so far on this. We're about to launch our public product. And, um, and I mean, I want to take it to that, you know, the whole screen experience, the, the whole settings, the contrast, brightness becomes adaptive to our breathing patterns because I think there's rarely anything that is as wholesome as breathing pattern and the heart rate. Mm -hmm. We also, we like, since we met like there years ago, I got a patent granted for this. So we, you know, we really want to, um, make sure that this is this, this patented, this technology is centered around well-being mm -hmm. and not being misused, you know, for purposes to stress out people and then for advertisement. So to, to make it really tailored around the user's well-being. So you're, you're detecting essentially you're, you are detecting the emotional state of the user and then offering them ways through breath work to be able to achieve a better, more relaxed state and or seeing if a certain color is on the screen, like stress mm -hmm. people out and then recommending different color patterns. So it's mm -hmm. kind of a combination of breath work and um, modifying the screen so that you can have a better experience and just overall have a better, happier, mm -hmm. healthier mood. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah, and like many of us might use Flux, which is a scientifically developed solution, which is around the circadian rhythm, which offers a, a filter that dims the blue wavelengths, you know, but for some people, actually, there are recent studies shown that an orange filter might not be the best, maybe it's more brightness or dark mode, but then also maybe grayscale. But so each, each of us humans, you know, we're all different, you know, we might grow up with seeing our parents in bright red, and the parents are super calming and soothing. So our body, you know, mind body gets conditioned to, you know, think like red is a very calming experience. You know, you, we probably all met somebody where, the, where we were surprised about what that person's most calming and favorite color is. So, um, but on average, you know, if, if for the ones who are using iOS systems, when we're texting with each other, it's like blue and grayish color because those have also our, our studies have shown to be very soothing. And then a bright green, for instance, um, has shown to be very stress-inducing and heart rate increasing. Not for everybody, but you can think, you know, if you if you keep using a chat app that calms you, and if you see a bright green, you're less likely to probably buy a product that you know is that bright green. So there's a lot of research on color psychology that's um, that's used for advertisement and you know for consumer retention. Mm -hmm. And we are using that actually, you know, to give those data back to the user to help them have a better more calming screening experience is the um i mean it's, there's a lot of there's a lot of science that just shows with with uh, the lights that hit your eyes because uh, i do i have i have flux on mm -hmm. my on my pc um and on my phones and stuff so that i can have a better experience um and not get all like stressed out with those bright lights especially considering like you're not mm -hmm. supposed to be on it late at night and i'm totally on it late at night and so uh you know i do the best i can with just having the, the color change palette. Uh, the one that I do want to talk about is we talked about the breathing routines and breathing.ai. So like on there, you said it's simple, but I mean, is there progressive paths for them to go to to learn the breath uh, pattern or is there a way that they um, 
uh, do you have a, a gamified in any way, kind of like a, they do so mm -hmm. many in a row or something? Or um, because I think there's like getting people to just do the thing again and again mm -hmm. it would be super beneficial. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything that you're you're trying to do with uh, with the app that you're working on? Um, yeah, I mean, like people can set their own intervals. Okay, cool. So they they can see, you know, like I want to get it every five minutes or fifty minutes or something. So you have at least, and I think it's a lot. What we're doing is about healthy habits. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's if you want to, if you want to balance out ten, eleven hour of screen time, average screen time we have right now, or even more with a 20 minute or 30 minute meditation in the morning or at night, it's hard, right? Because yeah. you're trying to accumulate so much stress over the course of the day on the screen that it's hard to kind of leverage it, you know? So we're building those in while, while you're on your screen. So hopefully you can have that awareness, develop that awareness of your breathing patterns of, you know, how to relax your body, blink your eyes. And so in your daily life as well, and be more efficient, and faster while you're doing your things on your screen because you know you got more energy, you're more relaxed, and we actually comprehend things more if we're more relaxed. And then you know instead of getting more and more tense over the course of the day on the screen, so so actually helping you become more aware of your breathing and then building those habits into your your daily life. And um, so you can spend more time with each other, you know, less screen time, but it's more effective. And also then the colors that they become more adaptive to the breathing pattern and. We're seeing, you know, we see our product develop to like a state of, you know, very high accuracy. Right now, our product is state-of-the-art code um, to detect heart rate and breathing patterns. But in the future, I see, you know, everything being adaptive to the breathing pattern. So AI takes that on. And then I believe that the human body, mind body is so smart that, you know, if something becomes integrated into our daily life, either consciously or unconsciously, you know, there's some connections being made in our body. So I believe when AI takes that on, that breathing awareness and the color filters are there, you know, that we consciously or unconsciously notice that. And then there's connections more made from, let's say, to simplify things from the brain to the breathing or the vagus nerve. Um, and those patterns become then, you know, built in. So I, I'm pretty sure like with all the years, it's just practice, right? Like I'm not special. Like without the practice, of, with the practice of many years, I probably develop more connections in my brain and my body to my vagus nerve or, you know, or my... Uh, on my breathing, you know, awareness. So um, whatever those pathways are, they're, they're more trained. And so I think I don't want anybody to go through this intense years of training. I did, you know, that's why I built this out. So, so you can have it simplified and you get all the benefits without having to go through those um, intense breathing techniques. So is that, so then is that your holy grail? Like what you're ultimately trying to do is to like kind of help them paint a path that you went down, but just make it a bit easier with technology? Not necessarily. I went down like in terms of breathing awareness, you know, maybe there's like a certain comparison. Like I think I do believe I would never want that to stop, you know, like if, if you know, like, you know, take my car, you know, but don't take my breathing awareness away ever, you know, for me, it's like it's the most joyful thing, you know. I don't think, so, I don't think I've ever anybody ever say that, but I love that. Because <laughs> it's just like if you if you're aware of your breathing, it's just such a gift and it, it's such a joy. And so but we also build in, you know, like other types of meditation and movement and we're building in more so I, but i think having ai having a tool a program that right now is a browser extension but we're extending it to other things that will help you to learn things consciously or unconsciously and build them in so you know i think we're constantly learning from i learn constantly from other cultures practices so integrating them in the daily screen experience so you don't have to, you know, go to this master there, this yoga thing. I mean, you can, you still want to go there to get the in-depth experience, but to habituate yourself more into those. Um, oh, 
I think we lost some audio here for real quick. I don't know if you can hear me, Hannes, but the audio cut out on your headset. Um, not too sure why, uh, but yes. And so I'm not too sure what that was technically about. I think we're having some technical difficulties, Hannes. I see the internet on your side dropped quite a bit. Um, so I'm not too sure if it's a low battery on your phone or not, but um, I have no idea what's going on. But these is things about being live, everybody, is that sometimes it doesn't always line up. And so we are going to try to see if he's switching off and coming back into it. We might be having some problems here. Hannes, can I hear you, brother? Oh. He signed off. We're going to give him a couple of seconds. But we're talking about breathing and breath work. I'm going to bring Hannes in one more time and see where he's at. Hey, buddy. I can see you. I just can't hear you. Um, I have no idea what just happened here. Let me try cycling you off and on. Let me try cycling me off and on. Can you hear me? Strange. I can't hear you at all. He's going to try one more time. He's got one more thing planned. Uh, he's going to sign off. And he's going to come back in. We're going to give this one more round. So that's Hannes Benz. Uh, as you can tell, a master of breath work, um, obsessed with it. And you really do think about it. If you look at it from the perspective of actual, like, controlling your body is, is actually being able to control with your breath work. Ooh, I hear audio. How about now? I can hear yes, you now. Yes, you can hear me? Okay, yes. cool. Oh, wow. Sorry about that. It's okay. I know what happened. I don't know either. Um, um, but we were but just, yeah. But essentially, we were talking about this. And this was really what I wanted to get to. Your holy grail of helping, of, of creating breathing.ai. Uh, what's, your, what's your ultimate vision for that, for, for the, for the breathing.ai? Is it, is it a mobile app? Is it a, what, what it, what's, what's going on for you with that? Yeah, it's a great question. I do think that we right now as humans with our nervous system and our immune system and everything we, we are, Mm. Um, have to adapt to technology so it's not adapting to us so you know we're getting stimuli you know advertisement and whatnot and we have to kind of deal with it and with the task on the screen so what we're building at breathing at we're making technologies more adaptive to our nervous system so technologies become adaptive to our well-being and help us through machine learning and our adaptive interfaces you know to be more personalized and to learn what helps us to perform better to feel better and, um, you know, to have to live a healthier and happier life. And I do think that's hopefully the path a lot of technologies will go into, like if we build it out or other companies, but, you know, making the technologies we're interacting with on a daily basis more adaptive to, to each user, you know, and, and our well-being. And I think that there's a huge potential in that because I think right now it is very disconnected. And, um, yeah, and I think we're there to make that more interconnected and, and tailored to ourselves and our health and happiness. Yeah, man, uh, for sure. I mean, using technology to help us be better humans, um, more aware, kinder, smarter, better, faster, stronger, all that stuff is, is, is I think, like the, one of the best things that technology can do. Um, and, I, and I do see a trend of, of it going in this direction. Um, you know, but along the way, there's always hurdles and, and roadblocks. So let me, let me ask you this. In terms of if that's your holy grail, what is the dragon you need to defeat in order to make that happen? So mm -hmm. on, on your side, I hear like motorcycles in the background. Um, New York City. Yeah, I know, right? And so, uh, uh, what do you, what do you think is that the the whole, like the 
the dragon that you needed to defeat in order to make this this vision come true? Um, I do believe there's a strong belief in like business and and uh, in society that something needs to be prof you know profit oriented first. Obviously, we're very profit oriented, but we are well being first, and then I think you know profit comes when people feel better. They would also pay for it. So I think a lot of times in technology, something is like you know what's the what's the profit, right? Um, and first, you know, and we're like, oh, we want to make we're building you know, we've already been building for years, like a very, you know, a lot of R&D for our product and to help people feel better. And I think from there it starts, right? And I think the dragon is oftentimes like, you know, like the maximum profit versus like maximum well-being. And I, I hope technology and society shift towards like maximum well-being first. And I do think if you have a product people benefit from and they feel better, there's, there's a lot of profit there as well. So I think that's the main dragon I've been seeing so far. Um, you know, obviously we have patent IP. It's a novel technology, and I think it's very, very applicable for all kinds of, inter you know, as interfaces for other tools. And, you know, obviously meditation apps and so on have shown, you know, a huge path to profitability. But um, but I still think that's still, you know, like the dragon in the room in a way. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, it's, it's especially if making uh, conscious uh, wellness applications. The, the biggest thing with a business is that a business needs to be profitable. Um, and, and the more profitable, the better, the more impact mm -hmm. you can have. The challenge is, is, is making it profitable. And there's people that figured out. Mm -hmm. I mean, Wim Hof made a highly successful, profitable business around breathing and cold. Um, mm -hmm. uh, he had, you know, he had a son that was a bit more tech savvy and was able to make some other mm -hmm. things and do some stuff. But I mean, you can do it. It's just finding the way to do it, which is always, mm -hmm. which, is, which is a challenge with, with every business. Making a highly profitable business, but also one that's super conscious is uh, mm -hmm. the balancing act, right? Like with, mm -hmm. with most things in this world, it's all a balancing act of, you know, uh, truth versus peace, right? Mm -hmm. Or, or, you know, self versus other. Like there's a lot of things mm -hmm. here that it, they're, they're, they're balances. So I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, so speaking of like self versus other and some things that we're talking about here, um, you, we were supposed to have a podcast um, before because uh, a couple of days ago, um, but you said, I, I can't, I'm having a bit of emergency here in New York. Um, you said, check out my Instagram. So I looked at your Instagram and uh, it, it, it looked a bit, a bit flood, flood like mm -hmm. over there. Um, I'd love to hear about your experience in, in New York and what, what's been going on for you with this whole new um, climate mm. situation that we're facing? Yeah, the Hurricane Ida just a few days after, or it took a few days from, from Louisiana to come over to New York. And we got hit really hard. And I, I was with my friend, we were um, having dinner in the city and driving back to Queens. And we got like in the major rain. I think when we started driving, it was bad rain. We didn't really look at the forecast. Nobody would expect it. And so we, 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 you know, had dinner and then driving back and we got caught in like the worst part of the rain. And I was like, there was like literally hip deep water around us. Some cars were already submerged entirely and somewhere just, you know, a few feet away, literally. And I like, luckily a few times we made the right turn. And so instead of driving further into the water, not knowing that it was like really, really deep, but it could have been, or making a ride on, on the, um, there was an underpass and, you know, my friend said like, oh, don't drive there. It's an underpass, you know, because if you saw the footage from New York, the yeah. underpass there usually got flooded. And I haven't seen, 
I don't know how people made it out of their cars, but hopefully everybody made it out. And um, it was wild. I've never seen that much water. And New York is, most urban cities are probably not built for this type of weather, nor are they built actually for that amount of people. So the New York sewage system is also very well known to, if there's a rain to get over flooded. And then a lot of the canals in New York smell because all the, you know, all the stuff, all the poop gets kind of like in the, in the, in the system or in the, in the rivers, in canals. Uh, yeah, it smells really bad. It smells really good on the street because like it clears the air. But then if you go to close to river and stuff, you see all that those little islands of brownish islands in New York. Um, so so yeah, that that was really rough. And I mean, like I dried, you know, I dried. We had to dry out basements here in New York and dry out my car. I like had it like the the hood open in the in the morning because I heard it when I was driving with my friend. We heard like cluck 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 going in. I was like, oh my god, like how much more water can come into my car that we stopped driving a lot of cars stopped driving a lot of people you know lost their car the next day i saw a lot of cars on the highway being stopped on the right side with their hood open or whatever or on hills actually and so so i think a lot of cars didn't make it or they the next day people thought like oh it's fine but there was a lot of water in the in the hood and stuff and then the electric circuits got burnt down so it's been it's been very wild, and I've never seen something like this in ten years in New York. And I heard, wow, San, San, Sandy the superstorm wasn't as bad in terms of all the streets because it flooded like the the zones close to the river and the the ocean, but it wasn't like this like major storm. You know, within a few hours, you had this massive amount of water coming in, and I think that clocked. I saw like groups of three, four people trying to like unclock like the what is it like this like i don't know what's called like the filter like those metal things on the street to you know where the, the, the water drain. gets into yeah. to drain they try to yeah. unclog them but it's probably not possible because probably the problem was the sewage system and, and all the stuff in new york had overflown so probably the water was coming from above and then from below too because everything was overflown and then you know it took a few hours i mean the next day it looked kind of fine there was a lot of puddles and, and little lakes but um you could see it on the cars being somewhere stranded and stuff that there was some movement and some flooding Wow. Major so, flooding. so uh, totally not prepared for that. Like, did it ever feel dangerous or did it feel like, oh, we'll be fine. We're just going to make it through this. Like, was it like, did yeah, it- it's my first car ever. <laughs> it's my first car ever. So I was in the car. I was like, oh no, I don't want this. It's, it's luckily, a, a, you know, a larger car. So we sat a little bit higher, but I don't know if I would have gotten, I thought like getting like a, uh, an electric car, which I mean, yeah. I have a hybrid, but electric car, which would have been much, much closer. So I think yeah. like that car would have probably not made it at least not the water I was driving to. But um, yeah, my friend was, was not amused and very, very panicked in a way. I tried to calm the situation down. I was like kind of entertained to be honest. I mean, not about what I saw on other people, but I was like, I was sitting there driving and taking videos, as you can tell from my Instagram, yeah. which because um, I mean, I got struck by a lightning on the boat once. And so I, I'm very fascinated by, by storms and lightnings and stuff. And, so I have it on video back then too. I was like filming the storm on the boat and then I was touching a metal rod. It was like a tiny little boat, like almost smaller than my car. And then the, the lightning went through the boat and, and me. So you can hear me and one of my graduate students back then saying like, I felt it and stuff. So I don't know, since then I was like, oh, lightnings are not that bad and storms are, you can survive them. So I, I was actually, I was more amused and entertained. Not about the footage I saw from other people I wanted to help, but I also needed to make sure that I save, you know, my friend and I first once you get the worst of it once you get shocked by a, a lightning bolt uh storms aren't as scary because you already gotten the brunt of it yeah 
Mm-hmm. I was just curious with the water flowing everywhere. I, I watched it going into the subway and all those other places. I was like, that seems like an incredibly dangerous spot to be in. Um, mm-hmm. Things things are getting crazy like that, and I've never seen that. So, because um, you're like, oh, it's uh, you were the first indication that I knew something was going on. Because you're like, hey, there's there's emergency going on in New York. So like, I googled it. I looked mm-hmm. at it. I was like, oh, oh, okay. The subway the- system. It's so wild. Like every time the, New York gets hit with Sandy or this. You see the subway system, and yes, it got shut down for a few hours or maybe a few days, certain lines, but it always comes back up. And you, I don't know, a lot of people haven't seen the footage. If you like search for, you know, Ida, New York, MTA, or subway, you see this footage was like blasted through, like on top of the cars, all, coming all the way through, but it always survives. I don't know how, how the New York subway system survives. But it's literally like this cockroach, like, sorry for the, you know, <laughs> not meant as an insult, but it's always surviving, like any kind of situation. High resilience. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know. The New York subway system is a, is a mystery in that sense. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a funny cockroach style. Uh, but that's the first thing that comes to mind with the New York subway. Uh, but it's incredible. It's incredible that mm-hmm. we're able to, to survive that and do that and get the power up and running. I mean, it's a lot of people to serve in a small, small mm-hmm. area. And so being able to do that, um is 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 uber impressive man um mm-hmm. so are you gonna are you gonna stay inside new york is it has it scared you off are you gonna go somewhere else or <laughs> what do you uh yeah, i'm always looking like well how we can get the best support for our startup so i'm i'm open i mean the bay area is obviously very supportive of the startup community and then you know there's there's other places in in the u.s or internationally that are very attractive and so we're in an early stage where a lot of our team members are in seattle l.a Bay Area, New York, New Jersey. So we, you know, we keep working remotely. So I'm very open to also relocating myself. Obviously, you know, I love New York and I've been here for many years. So, but uh, there's a, the world is big. So I come from a tiny little village of 230 people. So you know, most places are pretty big and and interesting for me. <laughs> what what village is that? What's the name of your village? In uh, in Germany, uh, yeah. my mom has a house in in a place called Roge. Uh-huh. Which is about two hundred thirty, and then my father's house in Norway is in a place called Hasselvika, Hasselvik near oh, yeah. Trondheim. Um, that's maybe four hundred or so, but it looks smaller because in Norway the houses are more dispersed. Norway is almost the same size as Germany, but has only, I don't know, like one twentieth of the population or so. Um, so yeah, but the villages I grew up in are tiny. So <laughs> a tiny little village to New York City. Uh-huh. That is a, that is a hell of a contrast that you've gone through and experienced. Well, I think it's, I think it's yeah. awesome, man. And, uh, and I need to, I needed to learn how to how to self-regulate my stress levels <laughs> to maintain, you know, to keep living in New York with such high stress levels here for sure. They 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 run at a higher <laughs> octane. They definitely mm-hmm. they're they're a lot more go go now mm-hmm. go try that then try Hawaii. Hawaii oh. moves it like at a different pace. It is intense. <laughs> like me, I'm like we gotta go, guys. We gotta go, and they're like at a stoplight. It turns green. Five seconds later, they decide to go forward. It's a whole thing. Oh. It's a whole thing. No, in New York, people stand on the street because they don't want to miss out on like the few milliseconds they can be faster. Oh, it's so <laughs> funny. It's so funny. Um, awesome. And and Hannes, this has been great, man. I'm I'm so glad to hear that you're safe, and I love all the work that you're doing, brother. Um, Thank if you so much. Wanna, people want to find out more about you. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, is there anything else you'd like to let them know about before you tell them how they can get a hold of you? I'm easy to find like uh, on like social media or like Hannah said breathing AI. Uh, I'd love anybody to see this just to really explore breathing and a deep inhale and like a sigh. If, if somebody takes like a deep inhale and just like a letting go axial and you take five of those, 
just like a letting go, like you usually feel a little bit lightheaded and dizzy, but it means yeah. that you change your blood chemistry. So like you already got the benefits out of the breathing um, and, you know, change, change a little bit. So anybody who listens to this, like trying it out and just, just giving it a chance, um, it has helped me so much, um, you know, to be healthy and happy and, or any type of other mindfulness and practice. So, um, you know, just here to like help. So thank you so much for having me and like sharing my story. Of course, Hannes. Um, I uh, appreciate you. It's, it's great to connect you. It's, it's it's awesome to hear your journey from from USC to MIT to where you're at right now, man. From the, the from the small village in in Germany to the big New York City. <laughs> this is so fun, man. So I appreciate all you do. And uh, yeah, man. Look forward to that app coming out. And uh, have a blessed and beautiful day, my friend. I'll see you in another reality. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right, peace. Catch you later. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes Quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or, if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening.